0: A very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Growing Dentist podcast. I'm so excited today because I have somebody I have a lot of respect for, Dr. Bill Blatchford. I first heard of Dr. Bill Blatchford through one of the clients I have a lot of respect for, Dr. Hatcher. He has been with us for several years and I saw his business grow like Crazy, and I was wondering what's the secret. So one day I was just talking to him. You know, obviously we do his marketing, but you know, marketing is just one piece. I was talking to him, and I was trying to ask him, you know, what happened. You know, things are changing so rapidly, and your business is doing really well, and you know, what's going on? And you're always very happy and relaxed. So it's not just your business is going really well, but you know, you seem to be in a good place. So he mentioned your name, Dr. Blatchford, and I'm so glad uh, you took the time to meet with us today.
0: thank you Naram I'm excited to be here
1: so why don't we start by talking a little bit about um, um, yourself you know uh, one of the things I've always heard uh, you know I went to your website and I talked to a few people since I heard of you is that uh, I heard that you have this famous phrase where you say life is short maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us you know why you believe life is short
0: well that's a good story. I, I I think it's a philosophy I came across early in life. Uh, you know, I grew up on a dairy farm, and you work on a dairy farm 365 days a year, and I decided early on the better way to make a living, because it's not just about work. It's, it's life, and I've always said that what I do for a living supports my life, not the other way around. And uh, so I chose dentistry, and I've been absolutely blessed. I mean, dentistry is the greatest profession ever. Uh, I practiced in a small town 20 years. I developed a practice. Uh, You know, uh, by 1985, I was grossing a million dollars as a solo dentist. Uh, Doesn't that's not a lot today, but you understand in in 1985, crowns were three hundred dollars a piece, and so you know if you do the math on that, that's probably three million in today's numbers. That was in a small town of uh, about forty thousand people. We had fifty-four general dentists, and so it was. uh, But I always had this philosophy that life was short, and I'm going to live my life to the fullest, and. uh, you know, after the fourth year in practice, Naram, I started taking the entire month of August off, and we took our family. My wife and I have been married 50 years this year. Uh, we have two daughters, Christina, who is a dentist and my partner in this business, and Tiffany, uh, who lives here in Bend with, near us. And um, we'd go up on the San Juan Islands on a small sailboat for an entire month. Now, we've done that ever since. Uh, actually, now my wife and I are able to spend... Two to two and a half months on on a boat in that area every summer. But here's the thing: we only go around on this planet once. And what I find is that most dentists, most most people, work way too much, and they and they say that uh, their free lot their free time and their family is important to them. But I'll tell you what I do: I watch what they do. And as a matter of fact, our mutual client Stephen Hatcher came up this morning and. As you know, and some of our clients would be, uh, without talking about numbers, I will tell you that Steve was tremendously successful in his practice doing um, uh, big numbers. And then a practice uh, came up for sale near him, and he bought that and merged it. And it is absolutely an incredible thing right now. And uh, uh, you know, Steve just got back from a week of skiing, and uh, my wife and I were saying this morning, you know, it's really great that. Our philosophy is so ingrained in Steve that even with all this going on, um, he's still able to take his wife and their daughter and go off and take a week off. And I believe Steve takes a week every sixth week, and he's working four days a week. His wife is also a pediatric dentist in a a totally separate practice. But this is our philosophy. And uh, uh, as we were chatting before, part of this philosophy was uh, reinforced for me I use I started my business I'm have been a private pilot for 50 years and well 44 years I quit flying just a few years ago uh I'm now 74 years old as of next Tuesday and uh, uh, but I started my business of coaching doctors and I would fly mainly in western Canada uh every month and I'd meet with little study clubs every all over the, there and then I did the west coast and but one time I um uh, it was the middle of the night and I put a plane down uh upside down in a lake, and I got out of that, and I called my wife, and I said, you know, I just had a lesson tonight. Uh, First off, everybody's fine. Everybody got out just fine. But I learned a lesson. Life is short. We need to play more. Well, that was a wake-up call, but about six months later, uh, on a backcountry ski trip, I got buried in an avalanche, and I got dug out. Uh, Again, my wife was with me on that trip. She wasn't buried. But again, I said, you know, somebody's telling me something, Naram. Somebody's telling me something life is short play hard play more uh and, and so what i did i've kind of made this a uh, a philosophy of my practice but um you see you and i both belong to dan Sullivan's program strategic coach and i give dan a lot of credit uh for helping me with this paradigm uh i always said that doctors can be more productive uh working less and uh I actually did a research project on 60 doctors in uh, Western Canada, and I kept track of diagnosis per day. Now That's how much dentistry we, we present to patients. And, of course, I think all dentistry is optional, so it's all presented to treatment. Optional treatment, we present it to the patients, and by definition, we have to tell the patient how much the fee is or it doesn't count. I find a lot of dentists talk a lot about treatment, but the only question the patient has is how much does it cost? So you might as well cover that. So anyway, I kept track of this. And what I found was on these 62 doctors, we had a dramatic drop off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, pretty good. Thursday, it's slowing down. Friday, they might as well go home because there was nothing going on. And, uh, and then I kept track of weeks since a vacation, and there was a dramatic drop in diagnosis per day somewhere between six and eight weeks. So I came up with this idea that every doctor should take uh, a week off at least every six weeks. Now working with Dan Sullivan, uh Dan Sullivan shifted the paradigm for us when he said that, you know, traditionally vacations were doled out as a reward for hard work. In other words, if you work here for twelve months you'll get a week off, and if you work two years you get two weeks off and, and so on. We cap it out at about three weeks. And um uh, and by the way, we will sit here in the office whether we're busy or not. Um <laughs> and and Dan changed that philosophy to vacations our preparation for being effective, and he proved it, and so I have used that combination of things and 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 I think of our clients and yes, you know people like Dr. Hatcher, who's doing several million dollars a year, um, but I'm more proud of the fact that he and his wife Sona take time off with their little girl and they take somewhere around eight to ten weeks a year of absolute free time where they travel, they do things together as a family. And that is going to mean more to their daughter than how much Steve and Sona leave her, because they, they will eventually leave her a lot of money, I'm sure. And But the time they spend together as a family is far more valuable, and that's what I'm proud of. You know, last year, I had several clients, individual clients, do uh, over $2 million. As a matter of fact, out of my 200 clients, I have about 75 in that 1.6 and on up uh, to several million. Um, I had several in the 2 million range, in excess of 2 million, that worked under 110 days last year. In other words, they're in the office 110 days total. And one of my clients who takes a month off, he takes January off every year. He lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so as you know, it's cold and snowy there in January. He takes, He's got three small children, Uh, so they're not in school, and he and his wife take a month off and go to Hawaii for a month, and he works 106 days a year, and he's in my big docs club. And one of his quotes, Naram, is that if I'm not booked a goal every single day I work, I'm working too many days. Right. Because adding more days doesn't add more demand, it just adds more days. We just spread it out over a longer period of time. And so my philosophy is get in there, be productive, get out, and play. Right.
1: It's kind of interesting. So, yeah, I kept hearing this again and again when I was on your website and, you know, listening to some of the people uh, who had some videos on your website, and everybody kept talking about time first. It's interesting, you know, it's just the opposite of, I know I'm I'm, I'm a you know, big fan of Dan because, you know, I'm one of his uh, students, if you may. And uh, so, yeah, he, he kind of um, brainwashes you to kind of, you know, Put time test I'm still kind of struggling with that to be honest So how did you go about changing your mind and how did you help your clients change your mind because I have I've heard some people on your website they've only been with you for a year or two in some cases but already they're taking 10 weeks off 12 weeks off yeah
0: so, well how it's you... not it's not something you have to grow into mm-hmm. it's not something you grow into now how this all happened I'll tell you it goes back a few years Growing up in a dairy farm, which you have no time off, um, it's, it's all about work. Uh, right. The point of pride with our neighbors growing up, they were all dairy farmers, and point of pride was how hard they worked, how long hours they worked, how many years they went without missing a milking. You know, you milk the cows twice a day. And right. uh, and they would talk about how many years they had gone without missing a milking, and that was a point of pride. It was like, how hard do I work? It was. was right kind of how you grow up with that work ethic and uh, and uh, and so i made the shift and one of the reasons i shifted was uh i i, I want to be a veterinarian and uh, because of that, i could see a different lifestyle that they had and my veterinarian for, that was worked with our farm kept encouraging me to be a dentist and i talked to several dentists and they encouraged me to be a dentist and our own family dentist uh, he took august off every year And uh, he didn't really tell us that as patients. We didn't know that. But when I got talking about becoming a dentist, I found out that not only did he take August off every year, and he had a place up in the San Juan Islands in Washington where he went every year. And uh, he also took most of January off and went down to Palm Springs and played golf. And I said, you know, I could learn to live like that. He never told us that, you see. But you see, a dental patient doesn't know what your dentist is doing. As long as you're here the day I have an appointment, I'm fine. You can do whatever you want the rest of the time, <laughs> and so he explained that to me how he did that, and and so the fourth year in practice, uh, just by chance we had some uh, a friend a dentist who decided to move to Alaska, and we were uh, one night we were helping him pack the van, and you know we were all in our first or second year of practice. And we were in those days we did all that stuff ourselves, and. Uh, you know, if you moved to Alaska, you loaded up a van and drove to Alaska. <laughs> and so we were helping, and we made the offhand comment that, well, we'll come see you next summer. Well, as the months went by, we kind of committed to that trip. And and so we uh, we started putting some money away. Not We didn't put enough away, but we put some money away. And uh, we stopped making appointments in August. And we took August, and uh, we actually took five weeks, the first week of September as well because we figured nobody does anything over Labor Day. We might as well just take five weeks, and so we did. And our daughter was 18 months old, and we, we spent 18 months on one of those great trips. And uh, we came home, and uh, we laugh about it now. The checking account was overdrawn. The appointment book was empty, and we survived. And we said, you know what? Again, going on, on something I learned later from Dan Sullivan, but we, I've learned this a long time ago, but the learning is always greater than the experience. And we learned we can do this again. And so we made a commitment, my wife and I, to each other, never to work in August. And I tell this to dentists, and they say, "Oh, how do you do that? And I say, well, first off, you don't make any appointments in August. And secondly, they say, well, what do you do about emergencies? And I say, well, you go to one of your friends, and you say, I'm going to be gone the first week of August. Could you take a call for me? Sure, no problem. You take somebody else out to lunch and ask the same question, second week in August, third week, so forth. And then I joke about the fact, don't ever let those four people get together for lunch <laughs> to know that you're gone for the whole month. And, and you see, you always have one team member in the office answering the phone. So you've got an oral surgeon, you've got an endodontist, you've got and one of these general dentists to take care of things, and the patients don't even know you're gone. Right. And they don't care. They right. really don't care. And if somebody calls, and when new people, as, as you know, and I know, and I verify what you do, in marketing. New patients are the lifeblood of a practice. But the longest anybody would have to wait. If they call the first week for an appointment, certainly Dr. Blatch would be happy to see you and we can see you that first week in September. And for most people that's just fine. And if the second right. so the longest anybody would wait would be four weeks, and as you see as the month goes along, uh, uh, we we can see them very quickly. So it it makes no difference. And so we've done that. And what we found was is that well, for example, the doctor who took the month off and went to Hawaii this year, uh I just had a conversation with him a few days ago, and in the first week back he broke a hundred thousand dollars in the first week. He did over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the four weeks following that month off. Now you tell me, was that month off worth it? Right. See he was fresh, rested, full of energy. And by the way, here's something we do. We pay the team straight through. See, the team in most offices gets paid by the hour. Uh and and this is a huge I was on a dental forum this morning talking about how to pay team. And you know, think about this. If you pay your receptionist by the hour, what is that person's motivation to make more money? How does she make more money?
1: By working more hours.
0: By working more hours, and she is the person in charge of your schedule, doctor. So what does that mean for you? You will work more hours. You see, there are several things that we, you know, we teach a lot of things in our program. But one of the things that we have found is in these doctors, when the staff is getting paid straight through, and the requirement is, is that when we work, everybody works, and and the team gets the team also gets six or eight weeks vacation, you see, paid vacation from day one, not not after you've been here 10 years or not if you've been here a year. From day one, you're entitled to six to eight weeks vacation. But you only take it when I take mine. And one person is always here to answer the phone because when that new patient calls or when our existing patient calls, I want the phone answered. And so they get it. And then you see the other thing that occurs when there's work to do Let's say in, in in hygiene program, somebody needs a crown or somebody needs something. We make every effort to do it today. And my mantra is, you're here, I'm here, let's get her done. Now, if the team is getting paid by the hour, you see there's no incentive for that because, well, let's put this patient off till next week, and that guarantees me work next week. And we all we change the culture of that practice everybody wants to be as productive today as possible and you can do the math if you take a practice doing 2 million and they're doing 120 days they're doing some pretty big days and almost every doctor i talk to has done a day that size but they don't do them very often the thing is do it every day right do it every day and so to me and when i look back and I and I think, you know, I'm probably the oldest person on this call. <laughs> That's getting to be the way it is. But when I look back at my life, time and money, experiences or money, which is the most valuable?
1: Time or money or experiences or money? I think time is more valuable and experiences are more valuable because, you know, when you die, you're not going to think of the money. You're going to think of,
0: you know, the time <laughs> you spent well that's right and and I look at and i one I mean, one year just a few years ago our our daughters have, have become our best friends our grandchildren are our our life we have uh, three grandchildren a two sixes and a four year old and we try to our life revolve around them as much as possible and as a matter of fact, Friday afternoon this week i'm taking my two grandsons skiing uh we're spending a whole day with our granddaughter on this weekend and uh and we started this skiing thing on my birthday as a as a family tradition. We started it two years ago, actually, when my older grand, grandson was only four years old. And uh, we live in a ski resort here in Oregon, so we ski a lot. And uh, But we were up on our boat a few years ago with our younger daughter and her boys, and she said, you know, we've been coming here for 20-some years. Now, the truth was it's 30-some years, but I, I just put forward that the time we spent as a family in that little sailboat that we had was probably way more valuable than the money I would have made in August. Right. You know, as our uh, financial planner has said, I'm going to be in the maximum tax bracket till I'm 92 years old if I stop working. So in other words, we're, we're going to leave some money to our kids to fight over is what it boils down to. Although we've told them, we're going to swallow our last dime and die. <laughs> 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 Perfect financial planning. But but you know the thing is, is that I find that so many people are chasing that dollar. And uh, you know, you and I were talking about houses and cars before we started this call. And I've always said, as soon as I drive that new car off the dealership's lot, I'm driving a used car. Right. And within a week, it's just another used car. Um, and I find so many people doing that. And you know, I'm no one to talk. I you know, I own a house here. I own a house in Mexico. Um, you know, I mean, I I like material things too. But I've also rec that money is really just something that gives me choices. It gives me choices because one of my early mentors was Rick Mercer, and he said, you know, anything beyond half a bowl of rice a day is a luxury. And his evidence was half the world lives on half a bowl of rice a day. And anything beyond that is just a a luxury. And so I say that... um, I say that time is more valuable, time and experiences. And, um, right. And, and the other thing what I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hearing every dentist is, yeah. listening to this is going to make plenty of money. Exactly. And one of the keys there on the money is get out of debt as soon as possible. And I know that's swimming upstream a bit because your other advisors tell you, oh, don't worry, uh, You know, keep the debt. You can deduct the interest, but... Um, me, I have three questions. Why, that,
1: tell me that why I, you believe. Tell me why you believe that you shouldn't. You should get out of debt. Like, what's your thinking behind it?
0: Well, here's my thinking. You know, we started a pension plan early on in our career, and it's done well. But I will tell you this: as long as my wife and I had debt, we were still working for the man. Right. We still had this pressure over us that we've got a mortgage payment, we've got a practice payment, we've got a car payment. We've we've still every month we had obligations that we had to meet. And as long as you have those, uh, you're not free. Right. And and I'm and this goes against a lot of financial planners, and I, I do encourage people to read Tony Robbins' book on money, by the way. Um and I ask anybody, I, I tell my clients that there's that paying off debt is the best investment you can make uh for savings because here's the deal. Any potential investment, there are three questions to ask. One, I want an investment with absolutely no risk. Not low risk, zero risk. Well, paying off debt, there's no risk. I don't care what you invest in, as safe as anything is, there's always risk. There's always risk. I mean, the stock market goes up and down, real estate goes up and down, the bond market goes up and down, you name it. It, Gold goes up and down. Paying off debt, there is no risk. Secondly, is there an absolute guaranteed rate of return? And number three, are there any fees or commissions coming out of this? And the only place that I know where I can put money, now since I don't have any debt anymore, I can't do this, but when I had debt, I could put money into paying off debt that met all three of those criteria. And once I'm out of debt, I can amass a lot of money. Because you see, what we've been sold is that we'll start a, a pension plan or a savings plan while you still have debt. But I look at it this way. My true wealth is my net in- my net wealth. And if I have, I don't care how much asset I have, if I have liabilities against it, it's the net of the two that's my true wealth. Right. And so regardless of where I put money into uh, savings or I pay off debt, the net result is exactly the same. And so right. I really am big on when we when we we help doctors increase their net income, and I think the last several years we've I haven't seen the numbers for 2017 yet, but we've been averaging uh, over the last several years uh, a little over 150 thousand dollars increase net for our clients in in the first 12, 14 months we work with them. Now, yeah, but what I do with that, Naram, I think is important is I get them to say, okay, here's the you, you got an extra 150 thousand dollars. Uncle Sam wants about 50 of that. You can't do much about that. That's just the way it is. So you've got 100 left. What are you going to do with it? And the temptation is to go out and buy a new car, Mm -hmm. buy a bigger house, do something else, you know, buy something. And I encourage them to really take a look at that and make a significant difference in their financial situation. I talk to them about, you know, why don't you take that $100,000 and dump it into principal, pay off debt. Right. And I literally have clients in their 30s, totally out of debt. And when I say totally out of debt, I mean practice, student debt paid off, mortgage on their practice paid off, and the big one, the mortgage in their house paid off. Right. And now, these people are financially free. And even if you can do that by age, whatever age it is, say 50, even let be more the mainstream. The the, the ones that do it in their 30s are the outliers. We've done it many times, and right. uh, you know, for example, I have a client in Oregon who uh, worked 106 days. That's what he's worked last several years. He did 2.4 million last year, net income over a million, and he's totally out of debt. Can you imagine how much money? And, and he's just just broke, 40 years of age. Can you imagine right. how much money he and his wife will be able to save in the future?
1: Right. It's kind of funny because I believed in this idea of no debt. So my thinking is, I don't buy anything for debt. Only thing I bought for debt was the house. Yes. Even when I buy a car, I buy a used car because you know what? It's one third the price, and mm-hmm. I can just pay cash. Yeah. And exactly. and you're right. When you don't, you're not. When you're not working for the man, you now can think freely. You know, well, it's like there's no handcuffs. You
0: know, we, we can talk cars, but I uh, I read Robert Kiyosaki's book years ago on the the the, the most popular car with the millionaire next door is the f one fifty Ford pickup, and that's what I drive so there you go <laughs> and right. it's and it's nine years old and, and you know what it does everything I want it to do, and right. sure, I could trade it. I could get a fancy new car i fill my well, I've got a garage full of boats in there, so I can't put any cars in the garage <laughs> but 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 the but the thing is this is that you know all these things don't really mean that much to us and uh you know I would rather take the time uh I'd rather travel you know you and I were talking I've 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 been a lot of places um you know this year my wife and I we spent what 6 weeks in Mexico which is short for us um uh we're we're home here for a week and then we're going to uh, we're going to Argentina for 2 weeks uh we're leaving next Wednesday we come back from that. We're here for about a week, and we go on a, a bicycle trip on the East Coast from Wilmington, North Carolina, to uh, Savannah. We're riding with some of our clients. Uh, we've actually ridden across the United States that way a week at a time. Uh, we come back from that. We've got a couple, one seminar to do, and then we're, my wife and I are doing a short history cruise, uh, a World War II history cruise of David Eisenhower in Western Europe. Uh, we come home from that, and then we... we we do some work, some seminars, some coaching. Or we get on our boat for two months and head for Alaska. Uh, in August, we come home for some uh, little family time, and then we're going to do a uh, we're going to walk across England and back. Um, and uh, you know, that's just kind of how our year goes, and then it just keeps going like that. I mean, it's a, so you know, I'd rather do that than buy stuff. You know, I've got enough stuff now that I, you know, what are you going to do with all this stuff? And we've done that for years. I mean, that's 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 not an unusual year for us. I mean, that's kind of what we've always done. And uh, someone told me a long time ago, and it was a man that uh, at the time was probably at least as old as I am now, and a man I highly respected. And he had gone through some hard times, uh, had come here to this country from Europe, where they had some very difficult times uh, after World War II. And he, he said, you know, there's one thing about travel and experiences. No one can take it away from you. Right. And uh, I've always remembered that quote. And no one can take the experiences and away from you, but they can take things away from you. And uh, right. if I go back to the half a bowl of rice a day. I guess. <laughs> right. Uh, you right. know, I I don't I don't follow that. <laughs> I yeah, don't follow
1: One of the, it. One of the things I kind of uh, tell myself is, you come with nothing. You are born naked, and you die naked. Right. I mean, yeah, it's very
0: good. Nothing, so yeah, yeah, you come in here oh. broke, and you leave broke. Exactly. And, uh, no. A couple of years ago, well, it's actually five years ago now, my younger brother, who is uh, a farmer, has done extremely well, I mean, multi-multi-millionaire, and uh, he came down with colon cancer, and uh, he's fine. He's five-year survivor now, and he's doing fine, but I remember when he was going through it, he said to me one day, and he has uh, you know, several thousand acres of irrigated farmland and equipment and money in the stock market, and money and you know here and there anyway. Um he said, you know, I guess at this point in life um uh, it doesn't matter how much money you have in in the market or how much money you have in the bank or how much land you own or how much grain you have in the silo. He said what well, really matters now is family. Right. So, unfortunately he's a workaholic and uh he, he got out of that mode very quickly after he was healthy again and he's right back into <laughs> accumulation. Right. But, you know, it's amazing how when things happen, we see the world differently.
1: Speaking of, um, you know, seeing the world differently, um, we talked about, you know, changing the mind uh, for the dentist, but how do you get your team aligned, uh, you know, with this different way of thinking? And you kind of hinted to it. You talked about, you know, do you pay them for the working more hours or you pay them for something else? So can you talk a little bit about
0: sure, how you um,
1: get the yeah. team aligned yeah,
0: what, what we do is, uh, first off, you've, you've got a strong vision of a leader. I mean, that's that's where it starts. It starts with the leadership uh, of the dentist. And uh, you put together a team that wants the same things you want as badly as you want them, and one of those is the time. You know? But here's the biggest barrier here is that at the income level of team members, they can't afford to take all this time off if they're paid the traditional way. And the traditional way is they're paid by the hour. And so, as we mentioned, if your receptionist gets paid by the hour, her incentive is to have you work more hours. And so that goes counterproductive here. And so, what we do is we we put together first off, we we, we work out, and depending on, we work with the employment laws wherever you are, we have to work with that. And in most states and most provinces, you have to pay by the hour. But you can pay by the hour and pay a guaranteed pay per pay period. In other words, we pay for a 32- or a 40-hour work week, whether we work or not. Now, that takes the pressure off the team right there. In other words, they know that when the doctor takes a two-week vacation, they can still put beans on the table, feed their kids. Now, on top of that, we create a bonus system we call BAM. And one of my consultants who, when I was practicing dentistry in my office, he and I developed this bonus system over uh, several years of experimenting. We call it BAM, uh, bare-ass minimum. And the team basically, and I should mention this, virtually all of my clients operate team salaries, all fringe benefits, all that stuff at 20% of their gross. Now, the average is 30. But what that means is we teach very efficient systems. We don't need so many people, but we pay them extremely well. Now, they get 20%. They get we hit that BAM level, which is real simple. Take their salaries and benefits and multiply it by five, and that's BAM. And the team gets 20% of anything over that. And so it's a real simple system. The team knows the rules. It's transparent. And it really works. An office I spoke to yesterday. This is a single doctor, no associates, who takes a week off. Every six week. he takes a week off, travels a lot, and... He has four team members he has three operatories two for him one for hygiene and in 2016 they collected 2.6 million now his team each team member earned thirty six thousand dollars last year in bonus money hmm. does he have a group of people committed to him right you see they have they've done a lot of marketing he, he, by the way, his net is is just almost 50%, not quite, but his net was over, was in, you know, past the seven-figure mark. And, but you see, and he's excited about how much his team made. Right. Now, he doesn't have team members watching the want ads for a dental assistant wanted. So another thing that I'm very proud of this particular doctor, Naramis, is his, his best dental assistant ever just got accepted in dental school. And he's excited about it. Now, he comes from abundance. He, he does not come from scarcity. He's excited that he's losing his best dental assistant ever to dental school. And here's the fun part. is This is the fourth dental assistant that's gone to dental school out of his office. <laughs> now, now, that to me is, that's a winner. I mean, that he has created a culture of growing his people. And when you can come from abundance and create a culture of growing your people, I don't care what business you're in, you've got a dynamite thing going. All right. And so the bonus system really is the answer to your your question, how you get the team involved. But you get them to see the bigger picture of what we're doing here. And if they see it as just a job, it's not going to work. And that particular doctor said something on the call yesterday. It was our conference call. He said, you know, we did $2.6 million and we didn't sell a single crown or a veneer or an implant. He said, we're changing lives. We're changing lives. Now, right. you see, he has been able to create this great vision of, see, he doesn't see himself as selling crowns or implants or, or if he sees something bigger. And when you can get the team to buy into that passion, it's magic. All right. just magic.
1: So let me kind of um, kind of recap a couple of your key points. Number one is the way you think about time and really realizing that, you know, um, time is a lot more important than money and money. Rewarding yourself with time before you worry about you know making money, right? Yeah. Second thing is uh, aligning your team with that philosophy, so they are not incentivized by working harder; they are also incentivized by working smarter. Yeah. So that's you know that uh, you know kind of guaranteed pay, so to speak, along with um, you know additional things. So if they go above and beyond, they share in the rewards. Correct?
0: It's incredible. You know, if, 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 if any of your uh, listeners want to get a book, we have a. Uh, they can go to our website, Blatchford.com, uh, forward slash free book, and we will send them a book of several case studies of doctors doing exactly what we're talking about here in Harem. And if they want, they can call us at 866-495-7080, 866 866-495. 495 7080, and we'll send them that book. Um, it's, it's case studies of uh, people who are doing really well and doing about the things that you and I are talking about. You know, I'd like to just talk a little bit too. I, I don't know if it really came out, but I'd like to uh, put a plug in for marketing too because, you know, I have studied over 3,000 practices, and I always have the doctors differentiate their top 20% of their patients, which provide them with 80% of their income. And one of the things that we have found is the majority of those patients are new patients when they come in. So you have to, new patients are the lifeblood of a practice. And so if there's anybody listening to this that's wondering why they need to market, there's your reason.
1: Thank you, Dr. Yes, um, yeah, we are pretty happy with our
0: you know business where
1: ninety percent of our clients continue with us year after year, and you know they understand the power of marketing right, which is about growing confidence so um so that's kind of what we focus on um, let me um I know you have to go, so perhaps we could do a part two at some point, and uh, you know sure. I'd love on.
0: to do that, I'd love to do that.
1: That'll be awesome, Doctor. Thank you very much. Um, so once again, to everybody, go to Blatchford.com slash free book. And, um, and uh, I'm actually on that page right now, so you can see you know, a lot of case studies, videos, and plus you get that free book. I understand they also get a CD. Is that correct?
0: Right. We give a CD of the audio version of that. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much, everyone. Very, for listening.
0: Naram, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time to spend some time with your clients, and uh, let's do this again.
1: Thank you, Doctor. Have a wonderful day. Bye for now. Thank you. Okay.